So this week I heard a really funny story. And the story is of this mom, she was preparing pancakes for her kids. Her son Kevin, who was five, and Ryan, who was three. The boys loved pancakes. But what happens when you're five and you're three? I think it can happen actually when you're teenagers as well, maybe even adults. The boys started fighting about who was going to get the pancake first. I want it. No, I want it. I want it. I should have it. So the mom, she decided, this is a great time for a moral lesson to teach my kids. So what she said was to her boys, she said, well, if Jesus was sitting here, you know what he would say? Jesus would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I will wait. So Kevin turned to his younger brother and said, okay, Ryan, you be Jesus. Have we ever done that? We want someone else to be Jesus. We want someone else to act like Jesus. We want someone else to maybe make that sacrifice. And Kevin was pretty smart there telling his little brother, you go ahead and be Jesus. I don't know if you are like me, but I grew up in the church. I grew up attending Sunday school. Do I have any other fellow Sunday school attenders here? Let me know in the chat. And so I attended Sunday school and I colored all of the different pictures of Jesus. Oh, I mean, Jesus looked pretty amazing. The hair was always perfect. There was not a single wrinkle in Jesus's clothes. He always seemed to have a little smile on his face. Do you guys remember these coloring pages? And so there we have Jesus. And I would color these pages of him. I would hear stories about who Jesus was and what Jesus did. And when I look at my lens of who Jesus is, I look through my experiences, what I have been taught as a child. But sometimes I wonder, Huh, were the stories I taught, do I remember them correctly? And that's why it's so important that we take this time and we're going to look into the words of Jesus. I think there are times when we look at pictures and my grandparents used to have a picture of Jesus in their home. And actually a wedding gift that Brian and I got was this portrait of Jesus. And he looked so perfect. He looked so peaceful, a little meek. You know, but if we look at the words that Jesus said, they were controversial. They were demanding. They were challenging our thoughts and they are challenging our actions. You see, Jesus, he wants to move us from religion to relationship. Jesus is way more interested in what's going on on the inside of our lives than us taking on these religious acts and um, traditions. You know what, that Jesus hates religion. He wants a relationship with us. If I want to become more like Christ, which should really be our goal as believers, we need to know what Jesus said. In John 14, verse 6, he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father, except through me. Jesus declares himself as the way, the truth, the life. No other option. Not I'm one of many ways. Now, the way, the truth, the life. And then he also says, no one comes to the Father 
except me. He leaves no room there. So if I want to have a relationship with God, I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I can't skip over Jesus. It has to go through Jesus. So for the next few weeks, we are going to dive into the word and see what did Jesus say. We're going to look at those red letters. Do you have those Bibles where Jesus' words are in red? It's actually pretty cool. I have one of those Bibles. But we're going to look, what does Jesus say about anger? What does he say about forgiveness? How about money? How about judging others? What does Jesus say about prayer and about following him? And guess what? Jesus has a lot of stuff to say. Now, here's my little side note. There are a lot of heavy topics that we're going to talk about. And what can happen to me and to you is we can get tempted to say, well, you know what? That particular passage of scripture, it doesn't apply to me. It, it may apply to other people, but it doesn't apply to me. Or we say, mm, my situation's a little different. Well, God knows my heart. Nobody's perfect. Oh, God could not expect that of me. Or how about, that's too hard. Well, what Jesus said there was just really a recommendation. He doesn't really mean for me to live that way. Oh, and you know what? Those words were written thousands of years ago. So I don't know if I have to apply them to my life. Have any of you said that? Or thought that when you read the word? I know I have. So let's be real honest. We all probably at some point have said, I don't know how this applies to me. Or this is too hard. But when we stand upon the word of God as the final authority in our life, we don't just get to pick and choose. And here's the good news. It's not about what I can do but it's what Jesus can do through me and in me. Philippians 2, 13 says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's God who works in you. It is God that helps you to will and to do what he's asking you to do. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not on your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works so that no one may boast. You see, on our own, we cannot do these things. But by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can become more like Christ. Jesus also says this in Matthew 26, verse 41. He says, Watch and pray, and he's talking to his disciples here. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, our spirits are willing. We want to do what God has called us to do. We want to live a life that is God-focused and is a reflection of the heart of Jesus, but our flesh is weak. <laughs> Road rage. Someone cuts you off. What are the words that come out of your mouth? You don't get credit for the work that you do, but your coworker gets the credit. What do you get to plot and to scheme? Your neighbor buys a new car again. 
Can you be genuinely happy for your neighbor that he or she got a new car? Or are you jealous, wishing it was you who was going to get that new car? We can all probably give examples of moments when our flesh gets the best of us. Sometimes it rears its ugliness when we least expect it. And in those moments, when my flesh gets the best of me, you know what I do, church? I reach out to Jesus and I say, I'm so sorry. That wasn't the right response. That wasn't the right thought. And you know what he does? He forgives me. He covers me with his mercy. His mercies are new every morning. And guess what? He can never run out of mercy. He never runs out of it. It's not like, oh, sorry, Caroline, that was one too many times. You're out. No, his mercies are new every morning. His forgiveness goes on and on. So today we're diving into Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to read this passage out of Matthew chapter 5. It's often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is because Jesus, he was talking on a hillside near Capernaum. Now, the sermon as we read it in Matthew 5, and it actually goes into Matthew 6, was most likely a sermon that took several days to share with the people. The key point in Jesus' sermon is that he's looking for heartfelt obedience more than legalistic observations and following man-made rules. So here is Jesus. He's sitting on this hill and the crowds were just following him. Enormous crowds were following him. Everyone wanted to see Jesus. They had heard about his miracles. They had heard about the healings. They were curious to what this man Jesus was going to say. So as the crowds had gathered that day, Jesus sits down. He calls his disciple to him and he begins to teach them. And so his primary focus as he's teaching is first his disciples and then the other people around. And so I'm going to read Matthew 5, verses 3 through 6, or 3 through 10, actually. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And so these are also known as, you know, the Beatitudes. And so God blesses. If we allow God's word, and if we allow specific verses and specific words that Jesus has said to, I'll just say, infiltrate our hearts, to find root in our hearts, they will become defining verses in our lives when we apply them. Now, what is a blessing? Is blessing just joy? Is blessing happiness? What does it mean God blesses us? God blesses those who are merciful. 
You see, blessing is God's special favor that leads to joy. The blessing is actually more of God in our lives, not less of God. So as we read in those verses, we see when we depend on God and we realize our need for him, we live with a kingdom mindset. When we are mourning, we have a God who steps into our grief and he comforts us. He doesn't rush our grieving process, but says, let me walk with you as you are grieving. When we choose to live a life of humility, to not think too highly of ourselves, to not be filled with pride, we realize the true worth that we have and in him. When we seek God's way and we seek his authority, we will see a whole different relationship with God. Our hearts will be realigned with his and what breaks God's heart will also break our heart. When our hearts remain pure and we repent of the sin in our lives, our relationship with God goes to a whole nother level. Again, not something I can earn, but what happens is when I remove things that are not of God and replace them with things of God, naturally, I'm going to be closer to him. I'm going to hear him differently. I'm going to see him differently. When we strive to be peacemakers, the world will see a difference and they will know that we belong to Jesus. And then I think the hardest verses are that verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. Have I ever been there? You make a right choice. You stand up for something. And it's not always roses and you don't always get accolades for it. But he says, when we do what is right, no matter the, com the consequences, when we stand up for our faith and we don't compromise, we are living with a kingdom of God mindset. And our view is not an earthly view, but actually an eternal view. When I lead my life out of the knowledge the head knowledge and the emotional knowledge that I am loved by Jesus and that he is for me, I will approach my life completely differently. Now, there are going to be moments we're going to get offended. There are going to be moments we're going to get hurt, angry, sad, broken, desperate. We're going to be lonely. We're going to be confused. That's all part of life. We all have experienced it probably at some point this week. But see, those events and moments don't have to define me. And those moments and events don't have to dictate of how I respond. You see, Jesus says he blesses the poor in spirit. He blesses those who mourn. He blesses those who are humble. He blesses those who hunger for justice. He blesses those who are merciful, whose hearts are pure, who are treated badly for doing right. The blessing in all of this is that Jesus walks with us every step of the way, no matter what we face. And here's what I love about our God, what I love about our Jesus. He knows exactly what we're going through.
We see it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says this, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus knows. He knows the temptations. He knows the situations. Jesus has said, when we align our life to his will, it's his will, and invite him into our life, he will fill us even more with himself. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that make us excited? So I align my life with God's word. I align my life with God's will, and he's going to fill me even more with who he is. That is how amazing our Savior is. Now here's the deal, though. God cannot bless something that is outside of his will and outside of his word. He cannot bless a sin pattern. He cannot bless a deceitful heart. He cannot bless a wrong thought. He cannot bless someone whose heart is not turned towards him. So today, how about you and I invite Jesus into every part of our lives so that we can receive his blessing, which is more and more of his presence. And there's nothing that can be compared to that. I've had some amazing days with my husband, Brian. I've had some amazing moments with my three children. But none of them, none of them compare to the moments that I have with my Creator, the moments I have with my Savior. Sometimes it's me sitting on the couch and just opening up my Bible, and there's a verse that jumps out and speaks directly to my heart. Sometimes it's when I'm driving in the car and I'm frustrated and all of a sudden I just feel God's presence and he says, I am with you. You are not alone. And you know what Jesus has never done? He's never failed me. He's never left me. He's never hurt me. He has only lavished his love upon me. So as you have listened to this message today and maybe you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Guess what is a free gift? It is not by any works. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation from God, but it is a free gift through Jesus. And he's just waiting for you. And so would you, if that is you today, would you pray with me? Would you ask Jesus to come into your life? Would you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin? You see, we have to turn away from our ways, the way we have lived, to live a life that is aligned with God. So will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I ask that you forgive me and my sins, and that you give me a new life in you. Help me to grow in my faith and become more like you. Thank you for the eternal life that I now have in you. Amen. If that was you today for the first time asking Jesus to come into your life, let us know. Send us a message in the comments here. There'll be a link to where you can let us know. Because what we want to do is we want to resource you. We want to share with you where you can start reading in the Bible. We want to pray even more with you. We are a church that is here for you. And so go ahead and fill out that card and let us know so that you know that you even now have a church family that is walking with you.
For those of us who are walking with the Lord, whether it's been a long time or a short time, I really believe that we have an opportunity this morning to look at the words of Jesus and not just look at them as suggestions, but look at them as something that we can apply to our life. Maybe we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to forgive me of my pride because I felt I can take care of myself, that I don't need you, thinking that my way is better than your way. Maybe we need to go to Jesus this morning and say, I'm sorry for relying more on my strength than yours. Lord, I'm sorry for not making you number one in my life, that I don't consult you before making a decision, or I hope that I can convince you to do what I want. And can you and I, church, today make a decision, a new commitment to walk in truth, to apply God's word to our life? You see, we're not going to be perfect. And guess what? You're going to mess up. You may mess up right after the sermon. But the more we take God's word and we say, God, I need you. Show me. Lead me. Guide me. Zip up my mouth sometimes. Close my ears so I don't hear things I shouldn't hear. The more we do that, the more we seek God, the more it becomes a natural way of doing things. There are things I did before I was saved that I don't do today. Sometimes I can look at my life and some choices and I go, who was that girl? But see, the Lord has continued to change me and transform me to make me more like him. And so I want to give us an opportunity this morning to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Help me to realign my life again. Help me to stand fast on your word. So Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your blessings the blessings that come when our eyes are fixed on you, the blessings that come when we call upon your name, when we are peacemakers, when we walk in humility, when we seek your justice, Father God. So Jesus, help us to make you number one in our life, to make your words important in our lives so that we can live a life that not only honors you, but it honors us. So Jesus, I thank you for your words, that they are something to live by, something to stand firm upon, and that you never fail us. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget, we have our new prayer group that is starting tomorrow at 730. So church, let's keep being the church that makes a difference. Let's continue to thrive. Let's continue to be generous. Let's continue to be hope dealers because of what Jesus has done in us. Have a great day. And remember, Sundays here make Mondays better.